Hello and welcome to another Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Reish, your host, and uh, excited to have in the studio with me the author of not one but two books I hold here, Jays for Jesus and over here, The Messiah's Donkey. Now, Miguel, I don't know if I got him on the right side, but there's, right there they are. Um, I got to know him about a year ago and he reached out and uh, invited me to, to be part of a play that he, he was co-producing. It's none other than Anthony Salame, a radio host, a director, a producer, writer, author, obviously. He's a husband and a father, and he's in the studio with me now. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shav. Thanks for coming up. Congratulations on this um, uh, brilliant uh, Jays for Jesus. I remember when you sent us some copies, and I was very impressed. Thank you. Uh, and then the more recent one, uh, The Messiah's Donkey. So yeah. that's quite, quite interesting, a very powerful story. I read that this week, and... Uh, very moving. So, yeah, well done. I appreciate done. that. You're Thank you. are a pretty you. good author. <laughs> Children's author. Not bad for a guy <laughs> that failed high school. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I failed to say in the introduction is you're also a comedian and you've done a bit yeah. of stand-up as well. Yeah. So I thought it would be great to... It's very interesting. I mean, you, you're sort of a jack-of-all-trades. You're doing a bit of everything. Um, so can we get to know a bit about yourself and the faith? I mean, you've been working in the secular world. Uh, for, very made secular. A career, yeah. And... Uh, but your faith, you wear your faith in your sleeve, and I, that's why I wanted you on the show and to talk a bit about thank that. You. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to yeah. be here, really. Oh, I love the show. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so tell us, like yourself, were you, were you um, growing up, were you going to church growing up as a young child? Uh, I know you're, you are, were you always practicing as a little Yeah, kid? yeah. I, in fact, uh, as a kid, uh, going to church was something we really looked forward to okay. you know god bless my parents they always made sure you know every sunday uh, mass um we i grew up in adelaide for the first 10 11 wow. years of my life and okay. there was one maronite church there the saint maroons yes i've and been it, there once <laughs> yeah, yeah you've been yes. there um I, I don't know how it is these days but when we were kids it was kind of everything you wanted from a parish you know um We'd always kind of congregate afterwards, all the young ones, and play basketball in the car park. And, mm. uh, and the community was very close-knit back then. Okay. Um, and it was brilliant. It was, it, was, it was such an enjoyable thing that we, we'd really look forward to growing up in, in that wow. parish. Wow. How, was that right through high school as well? So, so you got to age 11, you said? Yeah, so we moved to Sydney. Sydney, okay. Yeah. Why the move? Was it dad's work? Or? Work, yeah, yeah. My father okay. came for work. Um, and uh, we had all our family here as well, okay. cousins, uh, extended family. So, um, you know, the move to Sydney was, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how it would be for anyone that goes from a smaller city to the fast-paced mm -hmm. Sydney. I didn't really like it at the start, yeah. but, you know, um, you know, adjusted after a short okay. time. So... Um, Where'd you go to high school? Patrician Brothers Fairfield. Okay. For half of my high school, and then I went to a public school. We moved houses, okay. um, so I just went to like the local public school as well. Oh, so, right. what, what, what was that? Uh, Cecil Hills High School. Cecil, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, um, no religion classes there or anything <laughs> like that. No, no chapel or anything like that. But, um, but still, it was an enjoyable experience. Going to mass on Sunday uh, throughout high school as well when you came to Sydney? Yeah, oh, listen. And where uh, were you going? Um, we, I was going to Our Lady of Lebanon, yep. um, St. John the Beloved yes, in okay. Mount Druitt. And um, yeah, even St. John the Baptist as well. It was just a, uh, in Bonnyrigg, um, okay. just a local Roman Catholic. Yes. 
uh, church uh, used to go to as well. So uh, church has always been a part of my life. And I, I mean, I don't know how quick we want to jump the gun, but there was a part of my life, um, in my adult life, where I kind of stopped going to church for a while okay. or n not as frequently. Okay. Um, after graduating high school? After graduating yeah. high school. Okay. Yeah. So what, so what was your career? Because you got, yeah, what did you do directly after high school? Well, like, I, like I just mentioned earlier, I, I didn't do well at high school. No, um, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan. It's funny, like I'm writing books now, but I wasn't a fan of the books when I was young. And I just, I, I had this fascination of wanting to be a comedian or an actor <laughs> or some kind of entertainer. And um, so after high school, my dad's like, listen, you got to go get a trade. Both of my brothers are electricians. So okay. he's like, you got to go, go be an electrician with your brothers. And, you know, my hands are quite pretty. I'm, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the, the physical work. So um, I tried everything, you know. I tried studying real estate. I dropped out. Didn't enjoy it. Um, I tried working in a trade, you know, doing yeah. some building and whatever. I didn't like it. Um, I even applied for the police force at okay. one stage and I did all the assignments and uh, and it came to the stage where you had to move to Canberra for six months to do the, I, I dropped out. I didn't, it's like no, uh, nothing I did I could, I wouldn't find a passion in it. I wouldn't enjoy it, mm. you know. Uh, so I, I built up the courage to tell my parents one day, listen, I want to study acting. And... <laughs> You know, Lebanese, I mean, parents, Lebanese, so. Lebanese immigrant parents. My dad's like, you know, is this a joke? <laughs> you know? Um, so I went and studied acting. Six months later, I dropped out. <laughs> but it's funny, after I dropped out of my acting course, the next day I got an opportunity to be a part of my first stage production. Oh, um, wow. So it was a show at the Enmore Theatre called The Godmother. It's a okay. comedy show. Um, and uh, who put that on? Who? It was some of the guys that was were in that show, Fat Pizza. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, so not any of the main cast members, uh, but uh, good friends of mine now, Tahir and Rob yeah. Shahadi. They were at that show, and then they saw me perform in that and asked me to be a part of a production called From Lebanon with Love. Okay. Which uh, was very successful in the Lebanese community, and we toured that for a few years. We did part two. And in that process, while I was doing that, Tahir was the director of that. Uh, he, of course, is a very um, successful stand-up comedian. Yes, very I funny. I had uh, loved the idea of doing stand-up comedy. And I tried it a year prior to me doing that show and failed miserably. Really? Did you have a show, like a live show somewhere? And... Yeah, it was at the Comedy Store in Sydney and, okay. and I bombed on stage. That's what they call it when you do terrible. And I had invited pretty like? much everybody I know, <laughs> thinking that I'm going to be the next Aussie Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, it was what? terrible. You get five minutes. I did about two and a half minutes and I ran off stage. Wow. Did people just not laugh? Or they weren't like? laughing. <laughs> they just weren't laughing. I was very nervous. Um, you know, before you go on stage, you, you, in your mind you think, oh, this is going to go brilliantly. But yeah. when you're on there and people are in front of you sitting and looking at you and they're not laughing, you know, you instantly start to sweat and get nervous wow. and clampy. And so... Um, <laughs> so this is all happening quickly. So, um, Sorry, yeah, I know. I'm um, jumping the gun a I, little bit. I want to... So are you like... A, I'm just trying to think. So you've tried to think, so 18, 19, 20-year-old, 
in this time? What are yeah. you, about 21? I, I was what about, yeah, 20 you, years old, 21 years you, old. Yeah, you, you dropped out of acting. Dropped out of acting. But then you got discovered to do this Godmother. Godmother show, yeah. Show, okay. It was like a one-night-only show at wow. the Enmore Theatre. Wow, yeah. Um, and, and so you're only 20. Or, I was only 20. Um, yeah. So but my drive... Is that in my available mind, online or can people see that? No, no? it's no, not okay. available. But in my mind, I had made it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like to perform in front of over a thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's like... How, how do I go better than this, you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> very young, very naive, but... How long... So when... So from Lebanon with love, when did... The, how far... That was, was that? the year after that oh, show. So you're only 21. So I was only 21 when I did that. Wow, wow. So, so when did that um, start? So I only saw part two then. I mm. haven't seen part one. Oh, really? From, so I've only actually seen part two, okay. the one that you invited me to. Yeah. Oh, um, no, no, no. The one you came to see was Once Upon a Time in Lebanon. Oh, sorry. One, totally different oh, okay. story. okay. That's right. Okay. Yes, now I get it. <laughs> All right. So. Um, From Lebanon with Love. I think I remember the, is there a famous uh, scene in there where uh, the Lebanese parents, they come, they come, they land in Sydney. They got like, um, they see the opera house <laughs> or, or, and the harbour bridge. And I said, what is this yeah, yeah. clothes hanger in the <laughs> Yeah, sky? there's no manual shops <laughs> anyway. There's no... <laughs> And the, uh, the no next scene is people. in Punchbowl, and yeah. they said, yes, the soil is so much better. <laughs> they gave up like multi-million dollars of views. <laughs> That's exactly, which is funny because a lot of Lebanese did that. Yeah, when well. Lebanese first migrated to Sydney, they lived in Redfern, some yeah. in Bondi and that. Yeah. They're like, we don't, we, don't, we don't want to stay here. Let's yeah. go out west. Yeah, um, <laughs> land. yeah <laughs> but, but so um, remember that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and in terms of career, um, then Paul Fennick, who is the director and creator of like Fat Pizza, Swift and Shift Couriers yes. and some of those sitcoms, saw me in those shows. And then he asked me to come and be in the TV shows. Yeah, okay. So you've been so, doing this for a while. Um, about 20 years now. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, now, yeah, this is a, uh, we, we, we are, uh, it's a story where I want to show people your, your faith journey. Um, so I'm not going to put links to the fat pizza in this nah, one. No, you don't need to. But, it's um, fine. But, um, but what's interesting is God was using you along the way and, and you know, building up the career and, and doing all this, becoming, I guess, well-known among the industry. And so um, you built up friendships and, and these are guys, some, and maybe you can share, you know, some of them had faith. And, you know, and, uh, but what, just sort of uh, the comedy, acting, were you... Because you did make it in comedy for a little while as well. So, yeah. so how did all that work? So you got the plays, you got your live stand-up, you had this show that was on TV, mm. you know, the series, and then did you give comedy a crack again later on, stand-up comedy? I never stopped stand-up comedy. So that was always going, okay. I was always going. That was actually my main driving force. Wow. okay. So I was lucky enough to, you know, I'd go to America every year for a month or so, tour wow. with some comedians over there. I got to do the Just For Laughs Festival in Montreal, wow. which was like an invite-only comedy festival. Uh, very young in my career. Um, <laughs> and um, So you were getting better, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, it's you, funny. You like, give up. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I, I got invited to do the Montreal Just for Last Festival, and back then I thought, you know, I was like the funniest guy to come out of Australia. But looking back now at the jokes I was doing, I was like, oh my goodness, how how did they get me to go over there? I was terrible. <laughs> I was terrible. Yeah, um, but yeah, so and you know, 
during those years in my 20s and, and as I started to really tour a lot more and be on the road a lot more, that's kind of when I dropped off a little bit from going okay. to weekly mass and, okay. you know, and I would eat meat on Fridays. Oh, I forgot. You, yeah. know, <laughs> uh, you know, just things like that where, you know, in my mind I was still like, you know, I'm, I'm still Catholic. I still yeah. believe in Jesus. I still, but, you know, what does it mean to believe in Jesus, you yeah, know, to, yeah. to, to follow his way? And I, I definitely wasn't on that path. I really want to unpack it uh, in a moment because it's important. The majority of Catholics, I would say, are in, this, uh, are in that boat where you were, um, where, you know, was saying off air, um, it's something, it's under 10%, it's in single digits now, that of, of Catholics going to Mass. Yeah. Meaning that's 91% of Catholics not going to church. Yeah. And now they're not necessarily anti-Catholic. They're just fallen away, um, not bothered, uh, haven't seen the significance, don't understand. And I think there's a lot of work to do here. And if we're going to start, you know, we've got to evangelize. Well, I've heard people say, um, you know, we've got to stop preaching to the choir. So the choir needs um, needs needs constant reminders of the faith. Yeah, that's so we can't forget the choir. <laughs> yeah. But there's also there's this sort of big cohort of, I guess, fallen away Catholics who have just not practiced. They're not anti-Catholics. There's a real opportunity we've got to really tap into. And I'm mm. hoping your story might inspire. Um, so we'll get to that. But the radio, I wanted to know, how did you get into radio? Because that's another big part of your career. It is. And are you still doing stand-up throughout all this time as well? Um, yeah, yes, I, I was. But waking up at 3.30 in the morning, it's hard to get out to the comedy clubs at night. Yeah. So I was doing a lot less of it. Okay. Um, the radio thing happened, at, at, it was out of nowhere. I, was, I never aspired to be on radio. I never thought I would work in radio. Uh, but uh, a good friend of mine who works in Dubai for Virgin Radio, okay. Chris Fade, is very successful over there. Um, they were launching Virgin Radio in Lebanon, and the CEO of Virgin Radio International is actually an Australian guy, Ian Grace. He okay. started Triple M in this country. Wow. So he contacted Chris and said, listen, we're launching in Lebanon. Do you know any radio people of Lebanese background that aren't from Lebanon? You know, we want an international voice. And he's like, I don't know anyone that works in radio, but my friend's a stand-up comedian. It, it may work. And at this stage in my life, I had released my first uh, stand-up DVD and okay. it got nominated for an ARIA award. Wow. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm on the up and up. You know, this is... That's pretty big, an ARIA award. I mean, uh, yeah, I didn't win. Yeah, no, that's all right. You know, it, you say it's pretty big. Uh, I, I mean, thanks, but... You know, I go into those ARIA awards, it was like okay. the most boring night of my life, you know? It was, I've never been to one, so I couldn't oh, come you're not, you're not missing out on <laughs> much. Um, but in saying that, I've, I've always kind of felt like an outsider um, when it came to the industry as well. Sorry, it's just as a side note. Yeah. I've, I've always felt like I don't belong here. And this is... Why is that? Because the industry is so far removed from... Maybe Faithfully or um, anti-Christian. Yeah, maybe Christian. It, it is very secular, but also I don't know if it's even my, my culture growing up and, and, and I don't want to, you know, 
I'm not trying to talk bad about any comedians or actors or, um, you know, I have some great friends that are comedians, but the daily, I guess, just just the whole scene and, and, and yeah, most people are removed from the faith and mm-hmm. from how we grew up very family orientated and, and I'm not saying all comedians are like this, but generally speaking, mm-hmm. the industry isn't about that. It's about, you know, partying and how can we get better? And, you know, there's a lot of bad mouth in your, wow. your fellow comedians or actors and trying to, well, well, how did they get this job? And well, I, I should have yeah. got that gig, you know? I can imagine. And, and for me, I'm the kind of person where I'd always be happy for my friends if good things happen to them, you know, yeah. as we all should be. Yes, um, amen. And just weird things like grown adults asking each other if like, oh, can I crash on your couch? And I'm like, don't you have a home to go yeah. to? <laughs> you know, just very, very weird like yeah. stuff. But anyway. Um, it's a bit of an insight of the behind the scenes. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, getting back to uh, the radio thing. So, so yeah, I got nominated for this ARIA award and I thought that's it. Stand-up comedy is my life. Wow. And then I get this phone call from me and Grace saying, um, literally, Anthony, Ian Grace, how do you feel about working on radio? How do you feel about moving to Lebanon? That was how he started the phone conversation. So, (laughs) and this was the time during the Syria war was happening. So Lebanon was not a very, 2012, this was happening. So I moved over early 2013. Wow. So still very, um, you know, I know Lebanon's a kind of place that's always, you know, a little yeah. bit shaky, um, according to, you know, Google, <laughs> do not travel. Yeah, um, it's, it's been, <laughs> there's always, always been a, like <laughs> a travel warning <laughs> to Lebanon. Um, but I said, you know, I, I spoke to my family and my management and it was like, well, listen, breakfast radio gigs don't come along every day. Um, I knew Lebanon well. I had been traveling there for the few years prior doing stand up comedy shows and holidaying. Wow, okay. And, I love the place. So I said, I'll try it for a year. And thank God it was so successful. After seven or eight months, we hit the number one show in the country. Wow. And it just kept climbing for all the time I was there. I ended up staying in Lebanon for over six years. Wow, okay. Um, Were you single at the time? I was single. Yeah, okay. I was single. Uh, but I'd met my now wife, um, the year prior to me leaving Lebanon. Wow, okay. So I met her in Lebanon. Tell us about that. Where did you meet? My wife, Sarah, we met um, at the front of Dunkin' Donuts. There's Dunkin' Donuts in Lebanon. <laughs> there is Dunkin' Donuts wow. in Lebanon. Okay. Um, and we, we had just met through mutual friends and she was, she's Lebanese Canadian and she was a flight attendant and she was just kind of there on, on holidays and um we, we we just built a friendship over 12 months just messaging each other like after okay. we'd met it was just kind of a very you know hey yeah, nice to meet you kind of thing you know and, and we just had built this friendship and then 12 months later she's like i'm coming back to lebanon um wow. for for a week or so to see my family and she had family there so i'm like you know, let's let's catch up. Let's mm-hmm. get a coffee or get some dinner or something. And she's like, "Yeah, let's do it." So I'm like, oh, man, "That's that's a date, right?" <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I've got the green light. That's it. Um, and 
first first day, um, we went and had a hot dog in Biblos in Lebanon, Jebel. Nice, um, nice spot, an ancient town, ancient city. It's actually the oldest inhabited town in city in the world to, today. Right? Wow. So I, I think that's what they, they say, wow. over 5,000 years old. Saint, they claim St. Paul went there, right? I understand St. Paul visited so. Biblos. I think so. Um, yeah, wow. Um, and so we went and got a hot dog from a hot dog van called Frank's Hot Dogs. And then <laughs> she actually said to me on our first date, do you mind if we go up to St. Charbel's in Anaya, the uh, monastery of St. Charbel? So I was like, I was blown away by that. Yeah. I'm like, first date, like wow. hot dog and, and church. I mean, the date cost me six bucks. So it was amazing. <laughs> but... Um, we went up there and it, it was it was very special like we went up there and we both kind of went into our own little space and said our own little prayers it's beautiful there isn't it it's that's amazing presence oh i just got um, goosebumps yeah. as well um, um it is a very special place and from Mishbel to, to anaya you can actually it's a one long road that's isn't right it? it's about a 20 minute drive 25 okay. minute drive up I the mountain 20 years ago just so you know while we're talking about this i remember that I don't know if it's every month or is it the 22nd of every month? The 22nd of every month. People pilgrim from Jebel up to That's Anaya. That's right. And they sleep outside. Night. And they I remember doing it once. Oh, did you? Yeah. And it was, it's a long night. Six, it seven, is. eight hours walking with candlelight um, um, vigil and you're praying and it was beautiful. That's beautiful. You got old ladies walking up this mountain. It's all, in, it's all on an incline yeah. the whole way. That's right. And it's like, how did, I'm, I'm getting tired like after an hour, yeah. how on earth are these older yeah. grandmothers doing it? Mm. And just so so impressive to see that yeah. faith and it's beautiful. tens of thousands of people coming on that day, which I, I, we're going to have to find the story of the miracle that happened about the lady got she gets she got healed by is it throat cancer? Is that um, one that ate the soil? I, I think so. And, and but she she was operated on by Saint Charbel, and then oh. every month it it uh, the, the the scars sort of are fresh again wow. on that day. And that's why they're gathering to commemorate the healing of, of this woman through the intercession of St. Shabbat. You know, <laughs> prior to moving to Lebanon, I mean, this is the thing, like growing up, I thought, you know, I'm Catholic. I, yeah. I know everything there is to know about being Catholic. But in reality, you know, if you asked me to quote you one Bible verse, I probably couldn't have done it. You know, I could, I knew every word to Vanilla Ice, it's Ice yeah. Ice Baby. <laughs> but, you know, and I think so many people are in this same position, even yeah. adults, as yes. you say. Yes. Um, you know, they, they proclaim they're Catholic. Oh, we baptize our kids, they go to First Holy Communion, but they probably don't know the true meaning of what baptism is and, and what receiving the Eucharist actually yeah. means. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's just probably a thing that they did. And, and I, I think I heard you speaking once in an interview, um, talking about how we need to be more uh, full on with our faith. Uh, we have to be, you know? absolutely. I, I, and and uh, that resonated with me. It's so true. We, we need to, yeah, because I know the Christian faith is all about, you know, love and forgiving and, you know, but we need to be more hardcore, I think, yeah. especially yeah. when it comes to our kids. It's... It needs to be uh, taught from a very young age. That foundation needs to be so much stronger, I believe. Yeah, amen to that. Amen. Now tell us, you're in Anaya, you're, you're then your first date, praying, 
And did you just want to uh, propose there and then? <laughs> or what, oh, you how, know, how did that go? I, and, and then, I uh, knew there was something special yeah. <laughs> about it. And I, have, I've, I was a guy that went through most of my adult life never in a relationship. Okay. Um, Probably hard to hold one in that Very hard to hold yeah. one. I was always traveling. Yeah. When I was doing stand-up, I was on the road every couple of weeks and, yeah. and then, you know, moving around a lot. But I knew there was something special about her. Um, and so, I mean, the first date was great, $6. Yeah. <laughs> doing the long distance thing cost a lot more. So she went back to Canada. <laughs> yeah. And you kept in touch. We kept in touch. So I was... After that first date, I was in Lebanon for probably another five or six months. Did you know your time was coming to an end? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I was speaking to several radio stations in Canada and okay. in Australia. So her and I were talking about, you know, as the relationship kind of started to develop and grew, um, talking about either one of us maybe making the move closer to the other. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, then COVID hit after I'd come back to Australia mm. and we didn't see each other for two years. Yeah, wow. So the borders closed. Oh, it would have been difficult. It was. It was difficult. A lot of FaceTiming. Yes. A lot of, uh, That's a way to you test. know, press play now on the movie and let's yeah. watch it together, you oh. know. <laughs> um, it was a lot of that stuff. It, it, and I'm sure a lot of people went through similar situations yeah. during COVID. Yeah. Um, but during COVID, and pro actually, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. My time in Lebanon, I think, brought me closer to my faith as well. Okay. All my close friends in Lebanon, I think over there, um, and like here, I'm sure mm. not all Catholics go to church, but I felt like my friends there were more committed to the faith. You know, Holy Thursday, they'd go walk to the seven churches. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I remember one year, I was speaking to a friend of mine, Johnny, there, and he said to me, we're going to go do the seven churches tonight. Come with us. And I'm like, no, no, no. And he actually put it on me. He's like, why not? You <laughs> should be doing this. Yeah. This is part of our faith. This is, and, and I love him for that, you know? Yeah. And, and, it, and it kind of made me realize, yeah, like, why aren't I doing this? And I thought that nudge just from a fellow yeah. Catholic, uh, yeah, that's all we need sometimes. Yeah. Brother and, in and the nudges were there through my adult life. I never respond, I didn't always respond to them. I mean, I was doing material on stage in my early and mid 20s that I definitely shouldn't be doing, speaking about things in a joking yeah. manner that I shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. And I had friends that pulled me aside and said, hey, you shouldn't be speaking about this. This is this is not right, especially as a Catholic. And I just brushed it off. I was like, you don't understand comedy. Yeah. These are just jokes. People yeah. are here coming to laugh. But now, as I reflect on that and look back on it, um, I, I should never have been doing that kind of material. Wow. You built a career out of this. And now, in Lebanon, were you, so were you going to church just casually? Ca yeah. Casually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but casually. Not really living. Uh, no. So. It's interesting what you said there about how you found that the Lebanese over in Lebanon, I guess they take their faith more seriously. Yeah, I would agree with that in comparing it to, say, the culture in Australia as a whole. Mm. Uh, but probably when you came back, I don't know if you've... The Maronites in Sydney, 
um, in the last probably 15, 20 years, uh, maybe 15 years, you certainly can see something has happened mm. as far as formation mm. and, and, and their commitment, which I haven't seen in the world. Uh, um, it's something to be really special. I remind, uh, I've been in a lot of churches, a lot of different Catholic communities, um, and you know, whether it's in America, whether it's in, in Lebanon itself, the Maronites here in Sydney, and I know it's, I'm, I'm sort of pinpointing Sydney, uh, it's, it's quite impressive to see the young Maronites, younger than us, you know, some you know, 10, 20 years younger, taking their faith so seriously and knowing their faith. And yeah. I, I just wonder, wow, what I've seen in Lebanon was definitely that cultural commitment. So part of their culture was you do the seven churches. You, yeah. you, I mean, there's no doubt about it. You never miss. Yeah. You turn up on Sunday. You do the community things. When you come to Sydney, there's something else, though. There's the why. I guess in Lebanon, you don't get the why behind the what. You just do it. Mm. In Sydney, because you're challenging among a secular audience, to have that culture with the formation, I think, is very powerful. And, and we're starting, we've been starting to see that trend in the last decade or two. Um, that's when I sort of came back and, and sort of, I remember 20 years ago, wasn't as strong, but it started. And yeah. so seeing that trend and... Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's Sydney. beautiful. It really is. But I have been living out of Sydney pretty much for the last 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've been detached. This is all happening while you're overseas. Correct. Sydney's building. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. And um, yeah, coming back, my faith was definitely a lot stronger. And I started attending daily mass. Daily mass? Yeah. So not weekly mass, daily mass. I started so attending daily mass, yeah. Uh, and that's COVID time now? That's COVID time. Wow. So I came back, COVID hit, and it just triggered something in my mind. I just started seeing how messed up this world was, how divided people yeah. were, how, how quick someone is to judge, how quick people are to call each other names. Mm -hmm. I was seeing people that I'd known for 20 years, um, you know, publicly just, smashing anybody that had a certain belief or a certain yeah. you know way of life. So divisive that time. It was so divisive and, and comedy and, comedians probably got a big hit because in comedy you can get away with a lot but but since covid almost like oh be careful what you say now it's that's very offensive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's funny like even comedians were I saw some comedians not even trying to be funny just blatantly attacking. Yeah, that's interesting. Um it, yeah, it, it was very sad, and and I started attending daily mass in Sydney. In Sydney, okay. just at my local Saint John the Baptist yeah, um, wow. parish, and and I started this routine. I'd 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 wake up, I'd go to mass every morning, and then I'd go to the gym, wow. and it was kind of like exercising my spiritual and the physical. Um, I know it doesn't look like I attend the gym regularly. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I try to get there, but... Um, You're but, pretty fit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's um, really where I just started to find my real passion in my faith. And, and it's been on fire ever since. Praise God. Was uh, Father James McCarthy there at the time? I'm trying to... He used to be a priest there. Maybe assistant priest or parish priest. Who was the parish priest? Father Dominic, I okay, think, was okay. the parish priest there. Maybe Were before him, before Father Apelli. Okay, yeah. I think yeah, so. so. 
It's just wonderful. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just starting to notice, uh, appreciate over what's been happening over the last 10, 15 years yeah. in Sydney. Yeah. These young priests are becoming parish priests who are doing mm. great work. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I say my faith was on fire and it's, it totally is. But prior to that, as I mentioned before, I always, I always, you know, had the passion for the faith and I always, I never veered off to the point where I, I don't, I never said I don't believe or, mm. but I feel like now I see, like you said, the casual Catholics. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's great that, yeah, they want to get their kids baptized and take them to Holy Communion, but it's not enough. Uh. And me, you know, touring America and partying till six o'clock in the morning, drinking and then going to radio interviews and, you know, it, like, what, you're not doing anything good by, you know, doing that kind of stuff. You're not, I mean, what good comes from being in the nightclub till five o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, when you get into a committed relationship and you start having a family or you want to have a family, your, your, your perspectives change in life as well. But it's crazy how the culture can sell us That's right. what, what we, we should deem is important and what really isn't that important. And short-lived, isn't it? I mean, I remember yeah. uh, just as, as early as 19 years old, like a year into the clubbing scene and the nightclubbing, this idea of... Um, like I look forward to those those nights. Yeah. At the end of the nights, come back like middle of you know three four in the morning, yeah. and then you, you're tired, you're exhausted, and then try to go to church, and you, you feel like I had a foot in one side and then the other, and I, did, I wasn't really committed. Mm. But then how quickly um, you look forward to the next week, and then the next week, and then you look back, and then it's over. And the next week, the desire starts to wane. Like it's not lasting. This yeah. this I'm looking forward to something. It's, it's Pleasure is very short-lived. Totally. Um, but joy, what God gives us, which is eternal, it's everlasting. And this is where our faith comes in to take us to that next level. It's yeah. out of this world. Totally. And, uh, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. But we keep trying to fill that need to, just with, with physical sort of happiness. And it's all very short-term, isn't it? It is. And I feel like so many people in this in this world especially you know we see the way society's going mm. these days people trying to grab onto this ideology yeah. or that ideology what those people are looking for is god yeah and Amen. i think they're denying themselves um not only denying god they're denying themselves of that and they're just trying to grasp onto whatever society's telling them is the cool thing to be a part of or the cool gang or the cool group yes. to be a part of and and i'm still you know, learning, I'm not, uh, you know, fulfilled uh, to, to, to the maximum, nowhere near. Like I, even when I walked in today to Perusia and I, I see all these books, I, I want to just pick, up, pick them all up and read them. And yes. there's still so much I need to learn. And there's, I, I'm still so, um, I'm, I'm like a rookie, <laughs> I feel. Uh, there's, there's so well, lifelong much. learners. Yeah, yeah totally. When you get to a point where you say, I know it all, you're really uh, sort of showing your card. You don't really know much no. when you say that. When you say, I'm only scratching the surface, now you're starting to get, this is infinite truth. It, you're never going to get to the end of it. This Amen. is God we're talking about yeah. who's internal. And yeah. so the more you know, the more you want to know. Totally. You, it's like opening up another room and there's another door and there's another room and it's yeah. a bigger room. And 
you start discovering more and more. That's why I love this faith. It's just endless. It is. It <laughs> is. And just, you know, things like being in presence of the Eucharist, you know, the adoration. Powerful. So powerful. Those who can appreciate it. Wow. And tell us about your experience. Well, um, I've actually never told anyone about this, but I remember um, going to the local St. John the Baptist parish one night, and this was during COVID, and, um, you know, me and my now wife, Sarah, we, it, we, we didn't know what was going on, you know? When are they gonna open the borders? Is, is this, are we gonna stand the test of time? It, and I remember going in uh, on the Wednesday night and just getting on my knees and praying the rosary and, uh, and just really giving it all up. And I felt like I was floating. That's how we were. No, well, but I felt, I felt the presence of God and I felt the presence of Our Lady as well. well and um, Were you like looking at the, the monstrance? I was, but I also, I, then I had my eyes closed. And and I felt just, like literally floating for I did, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was. How long did that last for? Phenomenal feeling. Um, a few minutes? Yeah, it was a few minutes yeah, until well, I actually opened my eyes and realized, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly here. Yeah, right. Um, but what an amazing feeling. And, you know, prior to that, I'd never been to, an adoration before yeah. and and you think that as catholics this is something that we should do yeah. regularly or well we can yeah i recommend it um like i said i'm, I'm always I'm, I'm learning I'm, I'm i'm trying to grow my faith every single day and that's kind of what led me to to do these books as well these children 2020 2021 what, what, what when was this six yeah 20 2020 2020 wow the borders did open up she did she did come 2020 what year are we in 2023 so she ended up coming 2022 and last year yeah. last year we got married a few months later okay we didn't wait for everyone to come from canada and all of that now we just did the shotgun wedding at that church um no we did that at saint rafa's oh wow well, yeah in uh in Austral, yeah. um a newer parish um and um and then yeah i'd I was living in Townsville doing radio at that point, so. Yeah, that's right. Just uh, quickly on that, and then I want to dive into the books. The, you came to Australia with no, so you finished with the Virgin. Radio. I'm finished with the Virgin. Radio. And did you come with a contract uh, at the, in Townsville or? No, I was uh, talking to people in Sydney about doing radio here in Sydney. Okay. And the people that I was talking to got let go from their job um about two months before i got to australia oh, wow. like ceos and wow. one of the major radio networks had a big reshuffling of their whole hierarchy so um that opportunity was gone okay so there were i did a little bit of work like some weekend stuff here in sydney it was like um some, some weekend shows but then i got the opportunity um to go up to townsville uh, to yeah. do morning radio there. Uh, it's a major network, right? Uh, what was the network? ARN. So that's like, you know, KISS and WSFM and okay. all those are under that, that umbrella. So what was that like? Um, it was good. I mean, Townsville's hot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, it, but it's nice. Like I, I'm the kind of guy where, you know, Sydney's hustle and bustle can get a, a little bit too much for me sometimes. Yeah. So Townsville was great. And I think, you know, me and my wife were separated for that, that two years. So when she came over, it was, and we got married, it was great to, we started our lives catching up on all that lost time. Yeah. It, there was no, uh, you know, uh, th there was no kind of noise from the outside. It was us just yeah. starting our lives together. And it was actually quite nice. Um, the radio gig was, was okay. Um, early mornings. Uh, early mornings. Um, you know, talking about the Kardashians and stuff. It's not really the most uh, entertaining stuff for me. But, um, but you know, it, there, there's some great aspects to, to radio. And, and although it is a very secular industry and, you know, a lot of the times pushing certain things I, I may not align with, um, it gives you an opportunity to communicate with an audience on a daily basis. Yeah. It's very different from stand-up comedy where people come see you for however long you're on that stage and then they may not see you for another year. People can really um, feel like they're a part of your life. Wow. And, um, and I never shied away from being who I was. I never shied away from talking about my faith. That, that, that's me. That's who I am. And even though audiences may not live the same kind of life like you or they might not even have the same beliefs as you i feel like when you're totally honest and totally yourself people respect that yeah, yeah and and they can really warm up to you yeah just doing the math here now just with all that summing up to how you became an author so yeah. you've had a career up until this point as an actor and stand-up comedian for about 20 years yeah and then a disc jockey, the radio, radio host for about 10. 10, yeah. Um, and that's right up until now. When? So I'm going to hold up. This is the first book, Jays for Jesus. Jays for Jesus. You're now an author of a child, children's book. I know. How did this come about? <laughs> Still so, blows my mind yeah. when I hear that out loud sometimes. <laughs> um, this was right in COVID or this, at the end of COVID. Yeah, yeah. it was. Last year? No, that, that one I released before 2021. End of, end of 2021. Okay, okay. Um, and I, you know, I'd always had the idea of writing a children's book. I always, really? yeah, I, I just, I, I'm the kind of guy that when I wanted to do something, I went and did it. Like yeah. I, I'd never wait, for example, I want to shoot some sketches and put them on YouTube. I'd just get a camera guy, I'd direct them, I'd write them and I'd get my mates to be in them. If I yeah. wanted to, you know, um, do a stage show, you know, I'd get my mates together and you know, Rob and Tay, and we'd write it. And I, I wouldn't, I never went to a school or, you know, to, to learn how to do this stuff. So I had the idea of always wanting to write a children's book. And, and I always thought that it would be something, you know, funny or, um, you know, comedic. But, you know, as I was saying, like we, this was during COVID period, crazy times. And I started, I had an idea for an ABC book and I thought, you know, I just started in my phone jotting down notes of, you know, this letter could be this, you know, a K is for kindness or, um, you know, um, L is for love or, you know, and C is to care. Yeah. And I thought, well, like all these things that I was writing, I thought, you know, I'd, I thought I'd love to write all these like cool messages that maybe I'd love to teach my kids one day. And I just started realizing these are all lessons I learned 
growing up in, in a Catholic household. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, well, should I make it a faith-based children's book? I, I'd, straight away, my mind thought, well, I'm not going to probably sell as many copies as <laughs> I would if it was, you know, a funny yeah. book. But, you know, I just, uh, I prayed on it and I, I, I was, you know, hoping for some kind of sign. And a couple of days later, I was in Big W in the self-service checkout line. And I saw a mother with two young girls and they were singing like Cardi B's WAP song at the top of their lungs. Wow. And I'm like, if there's ever a sign that I need to write a faith-based children's book, <laughs> I'm gonna take this as that. Um, and that's when I decided to go all in. And I said, yeah, let's, let's make this a faith-based children's book. And I, 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 you know, I filled in the letter J, J is for Jesus. And then I started going through them, or G is for God, and M is for Mary. And I'm going to show a few on camera, and maybe, Miguel, uh, um, those who are listening, you're not seeing this, but those watching, uh, we're going to show you this cover, but A is for the angels who live in the sky. But you've got below the, a reference in the Bible. Yeah so, each, yeah, so each page has a, has a Bible verse, and, and I just I thought it would be a great opportunity um, for kids to, to give them a chance to actually go back and refer to the Bible and see yeah. where all these lessons are from. And I actually made a point to make sure that the verses aren't too sophisticated for the yeah. kids, ones that they could open up. So C is to care for all those in need. For example, John 15, 12, which is, I've actually got that in my wedding band, oh, yeah. um, which is, my command is this, to love one another as I have loved you. So just an easy one for kids to absorb. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, and I, and I made sure to represent all like all the kids in this book, like oh, from different nationalities, and okay. I, I think not all the has gone into that. Yeah, when kids want to open up a book, they want someone that kind of represent. They want to see someone that represents them, and I, I made that a point to do that. Um, and it was so, it was so rewarding and so fulfilling to 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 do a a book like this. J's for Jesus, weren't they? Um, when I completed it, so I found my illustrator. I went through like three illustrators before I found the guy. And um, I, I was faced with a problem. I'm like, how do I publish a book? <laughs> um, that's definitely something you know about. Um, so I, I just created like my own little self-publishing company. I created JC Book Company, which is, you know, Jesus Christ. That's for the and I said, I definitely want to do more. It was, it was so rewarding. And, you know, it sold some copies, but I just kind of threw that money back to printing more copies and working on the next one. And it was never a, this is my bread and butter and this is how I'm going to feed my family. This was purely I wanted to create content that young kids can engage with, maybe something that really isn't out there, um, where they can feel like, oh, this, th these illustrations are like the cool books yeah. that I see at school and that, but yeah. it's about the face. Oh, fantastic. We, uh, it's funny, Annie, it wasn't that long ago, we had a, another author um, from, from Sydney uh, with an ABC book, Biblical ABC, mm -hmm. and it was Caroline, uh, has done great work in a colouring book with it. Uh, this, yeah, we, we now publish that, and uh, that's available on our website. This is like... So it's just a different style, 
completely different yeah. style. They complement each other nicely. That's a square book, and um, you know it's got references of the Bible, different quotes. Okay. And you read. There's the sentence you read. This is from scripture. And this one, I've just noticed that this the images different, and I guess they complement each other nicely from the ages as well. One would be slightly younger. One would be slightly older, but very similar ages. ABC books. Um, but Chase for Jesus, very I mean, very simple. Um, yeah. But uh, it puts. It, I guess it just puts God and Christ just back into the basics of our life. A child from such a young age just needs to to know these basic truths. Amen. And it's 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 it blows my mind to think that you know some of these like basic lessons of our faith, like we we never learned them growing up, and and it wasn't my parents' fault or you know uh, it's it's. I think just as Catholics, we just need to do a better job when it comes to creating content for our kids. And 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 like you spoke about that other ABC book, I, I'm seeing a lot of mm. people creating content or clothing yeah. or rosary beads now. And and it's I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think there is a real big movement that is happening. Yeah, and it inspires me to want to do more. Amen. Praise God. It's, I certainly can agree. Over the last 20 years, just to see now, more recently, probably five, six years, the growth of, yeah. of apostolates' ministries in various forms, for young and old. And well, even yourself, I mean... Praise God, yeah. Born out of being inspired from another ministry. So this is, this is how it works. This is what Christ has done. Um, we pass the baton to the next and then the next and the next. It's no good for one ministry just to um, survive and no one else. Jesus made it pretty clear... The, the harvest is plentiful and the labor is a few and we pray to the Lord that he sends more laborers uh, and the world is desperate for it and we're, we're being smashed out there in culture, so you know, more than area. Yeah, totally, totally. And it's, and as someone that's worked a majority of my life in industries that, you know, faith is something that's, I mean, in the stand-up comedy world, if you go to a, a comedy club and there's a lineup of eight comedians, seven out of eight are probably gonna bash Christianity, Catholicism, Jesus, God, in some kind of way. They probably see it as, you know, an easy target or an easy joke. And and you know, I'd be standing there at the back of the comedy club and see the audience laugh at this and I, it breaks my heart. Yeah. It really does, you know. So and common challenge there for comedians out there with faith. Um we know of a handful around the world uh, who who are devout. They're, they're basically public speakers, youth speakers, who also do comedy. You know, we've got uh, Chris Padgett, who we have a, who's done a course. He's, he's a bit of a comedian himself. He's the father of Nike himself. Wow. Over in, in uh, New York. And uh, then uh, yeah, you, you've got uh, quite a few others who have left sort of speaking, doing more comedy, or some doing speaking but dabbling in comedy and, and some... Others who are bigger names who are practicing, but uh, maybe not not all here yet with the, with, with their filters. <laughs> so, so is there a need? I mean, could could you see a world where Catholic comedians continue their craft in a sense, but it's clean? Can we see that, and and can that be something to support? Totally, totally. Well, my comedy now is is clean. Are, are you still doing it? Still, still, yeah, I'm still writing. I mean, I haven't jumped up on stage for quite a few months, but. All the material that I'm writing now, and even from the last few years, 
um, you know, clean and just making sure that it's it stays true to me. Yeah. Not trying to fit in any box, not trying to follow any trends. Yes. Um, you know, just just be real and be true. And like I said, even the audience members that don't necessarily align with your same beliefs, they respect that and they know that what you're saying is real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they can relate to that. Um, but uh, oh, congrats. I heard you just had your ninth. Yeah, yes, that's right. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Rachel. Nine kids. Nine kids. That's right. Are you like driving a full-length bus now? Or yeah, it's basically a commuter <laughs> bus. It is. Uh, it's a 12-seater. Yeah, Toyota Alice. It's a bus. <laughs> God bless. Yeah, how, how, I mean, I've got a five-month-old boy. Yeah. And between me and my wife, I, I, I mean, it's like a full-time job between the two of us. Yeah. Nine kids. So it's, it's like nine full-time jobs. <laughs> but now what happens is uh, as they grow older, the older kids help the younger. So, okay. so my wife and I would say often it's actually better when they're all together. So nine kids, funny enough, is easier to, to, to sort of manage than, say, the bottom four. Okay. <laughs> so to have the bottom four, there's a bit of a handful. Yeah. You've got a couple of nappies to change. You've got, uh, you know, you've got to keep them in check. That You know, you get to help, the, you know, you've got to, Help them with the bathroom and all yeah. that. And then I surely you'd have shares in a nappy company yeah. by now. <laughs> yes, building up some good material here. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a lot you could say about yeah. family life, um, but it's it's so fulfilling, so fulfilling, and and it's a it really is a, a team effort. You know, the husband and wife coming together, um, mum and dad. So my wife has been amazing, strong in her faith, uh, selfless, completely all about her kids um, and other people and she puts herself last and she does that always that's a big uh, thing I, I I guess I value so much in her that she's lived the life for others and uh, she's just yeah selfless and uh, um, so that's inspiring so you want to you want to make sure you uh, try to live up to that and try to make sure you honor that and be the best yeah. for someone like her you know so yeah couldn't do without that Christine her name is so yeah yes God bless her but now yeah, congratulations on the baby. Oh, you got five month old. Thank you very much. What's, uh, can we share a name? Yeah, Raphael. Raphael, I love it. I have a Raphael. Do you? Yes, number two in, in well, the lineup. You've yeah, got one of each. That's a pack of name. I'll probably have I've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a Raphael. We have a Raphael. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. He's 15 now, the time of this recording. Yeah, so. Amazing. God bless him. God bless them all. Thank you. Amen. They're a blessing, aren't they? Our children are not a burden. They're not a. Um, they're not, they're not something that takes us away from our work, although we can allow that if our priorities are wrong. But they're, they're really what we live for. They're the fruit of the love of the husband and wife. And it's, it's just uh, a blessing from God. And, and the fact that we can have children is a blessed. We don't deserve one, let alone nine. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, I look into, I look into my son's face every day and I think to myself how much I love this kid. And it actually helps me reflect on, I, I, I would die for this child. How much does God love us then, his children, you know? And it just kind of, it actually helped me understand that relationship between our father yeah. and his children yeah. a lot better after having kids. I agree. Five and a half months ago, it was a different uh, scenario. Now he was existing in, in the womb, but once they're born, mm. Um, you can't imagine life 
without that child now. No. Like you can't, well, unexist. Like he can, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. a part of you forever. Totally. Isn't it interesting? When you become a father or a mother, it, it just, it transforms you forever. Like you can't, can you think of the single life now? It, it, it's, it's hard to remember life before him. And that was five months ago. Yeah. Is that you a good thing? It is. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating. And, you know, if anyone's out there and they're thinking, oh, you know, maybe just have the kids. Have them. Yeah. I can't wait. God willing, we get blessed with another one. So, oh, man, I'll pray for that. Um, I, I love what Manfred said last week, if you remember, the, uh, when he was out talking to the men. You know, those uh, get married before you are ready and have more children than you can afford. Yeah. <laughs> or can handle. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's great advice. Yeah, we, we keep waiting and waiting. When, when is the right time? But... Uh, yeah, I think we, we live in a society now where there's just so much noise. There's mm. just, you know, nothing there's no clarity um you know between you got 50 streaming services you got um you know diff five different ways to listen to your music plus you got internet and you got four different email accounts and you got three different social like when do you have time just to sit back and reflect on life and what it's really about and I, and i feel like we've just been sold a lie yeah. i think society's been sold a lie about um, and you mentioned this when we were off air about, you know, career first and, yeah. you know, you're always, oh, I've got to make sure I'll get my career in order and uh, I've got to make sure that I've got the right job. And, you know, if you're always worried about having everything in order, you're never going to have kids. Yeah, you're never going right. to settle down. You know, you, right. you, you just got to, you got to do it. Just do it. Love it. <laughs> just do it. Um, you've written a second book. Well, I thought the Messiah's Donkey. Size it's a very uh, creative story. Um, I love it. Uh, uh, in, in the name, how would you pronounce the name? Zeke, Zeke or Zeke? Zeke. Zeke. Zeke so, is the name. Yeah, so Ezekiel is his name, um, and everyone calls him Zeke. So, so it's it, in biblical times. Yeah, it's the story of uh, Holy Week, more mm -hmm. specifically Palm Sunday. And of course, everyone kind of knows the story how Jesus triumphantly enters Jerusalem on the humble donkey. This is that story, but from the donkey's perspective. Mm. So, um, I just more of a reading book. So yeah, ABC sort of that sort of early childhood. This would be that next level up. Um, totally. Probably year, year two. Yeah. yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've, I've actually included like holy facts on some of the pages as well. So tell us about that. That's yeah. Fine one. Yeah. So for example, what? Um, yeah, for example, like some words, I, I, and I felt like, you know, my parents did a great job educating us on the faith as, as well as they could growing up. But, you know, for example, the word Messiah, I mean, yeah. most kids, all right, they refer that words of Jesus, but they don't even know what the word Messiah means or where it comes from or what a disciple is or who were the Pharisees. Yeah. And I feel sometimes we can skim over that yeah. and not, and we worry too much. They're not going to understand that. Just tell them there were people there that didn't like what Jesus was doing. Explain who they were. So yeah. I've written these little holy facts right. um, to help kids understand what certain words or you know, or where the Mount of Olives is and yeah. the fact that it still exists to today. So this yeah. is not just some made up story. This is, this is real. Um, and, I, and that's one thing that I do with all my books as well. I make sure p 
priests, people from the church, read over them and make sure that not bending any rules or that yeah, it's to good. scripture and excellent. Um, so really sound theologically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love the story. So it's almost like a an outsider donkey that wasn't accepted. Totally tied to a tree his whole life. And we see in the Bible, you know, he's tied to a tree. He's never been ridden before. Um, The two disciples go ask, you know, the Lord is in need of him. And and all that is in the book, um, you know. Um, When the Pharisees tell him, you know, tell your disciples to stop shouting. And he's like, if I was silent, the stones would cry out. So um, I've, I've actually used you know, verses from the Bible in the book as well. So yeah, Brilliant. And I love, you know, it's, you're sort of covering some key um, events in, in the life of Christ, including even at his death and the donkey's there. So Ezekiel was there and then the resurrection. Um, it's amazing. So, and it's also about forgiveness. You know, he's being bullied. And then, you know, when, he, when, he, when everyone hears about how Jesus called a pot for him, he... You know, he forgives the other animals on the farm that used to tease him. And um, and I, can I just show you something? Because yeah, a yeah. lot of people don't actually know this. I, I've, I think you would know this. But the, the book finishes with, um, and every sing, um, because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was raised up on the cross, every single donkey in the world, even today, has a cross on their back. And you can see that there's a yeah, cross on the donkey's back. Well did, did, did you know that all donkeys have a cross on their back? Yeah. yeah I, I think I, recently, a few years ago, I've heard it in, in, in a talk, and it's just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Cross. And there's no real explanation besides the fact that Jesus rode on the donkey, yeah. and that's kind of where they relate yeah. it to. There's no kind of yeah, history yeah. behind behind it. Yeah, I have to be honest at this. When I first saw it, I thought this was the donkey that that Mary rode. In the, You're not the first person. It's a Christmas one. Yeah. Because you got the, the, the stars and he's looking up at the stars and it gives you the Christmas feel. But then I got surprised. I said, wow, I'm very creative. And and who has who has dove into that part, that donkey, the second donkey? Yeah. The one that was there at uh, Palm Sunday. And very clever. Uh, so thank you for doing that. I, I can't wait to read it to my kids. Um, I hope they love it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they will. But I'm, I'm excited. These are now out there, available. So multiple places. So right now we have it on our website, parisiamedia.com. So please check it out. Um, very, very affordable, 1995, 24.95. People can get it. Um, I, already, I think every household should have both. Um, and we hope then it's also on your website. What's your website if you want to tell people? Yeah, so uh, jcbook.co. Okay, jazzbook.co, um, and it's just a very basic website where I where I sell these books and um, you know update um, you know Bible verses of the days, yeah. ones that kind of kids can relate to, um, and uh, and God willing, a uh, few more in the in the pipeline. Yeah, excellent. And actually working on a live play um, of of the Messiah's donkey to try and um, hopefully get some uh, some kids to come out. Wow. Uh, later in 2024 to come and watch a live play and and um, and uh, and you know witness the beautiful story. So sounds amazing. A lot of work going into it, but God willing, we'll get there. Right, yeah. Using your gifts and talents, so uh, yeah, for for good. Yeah, well, and you know, it's all the other stuff is great. The stand up and the radio and 
the TV, I mean, it's all enjoyable, but not trying to sound cliche or there's nothing, nothing I've done in my career that's as rewarding as wow. this. Nothing. Wow. And, and, you know, it, this is not making me rich. This is, I'm kind of investing the money back into creating more content. Yes. But, you know, when, when parents come up to you and they say, my child asked me to go get the Bible to see what this Bible verse was, yeah. and we actually opened up the Bible. And together, like, yeah, that makes it. How can it, how, what can be more rewarding than that? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's a blessing. It really is. And, and uh, God willing, I'll, keep producing more and yeah please don't stop keep going and uh, you um i mean you, you've got a play in the pipeline ending in you know 2025 you're looking at other children's books so you got uh yeah hopefully got... even release two more books in 2024 wow so, so you're that close yeah yeah the, the, the text has been can written. you touch on anything for us to whet our appetite or yes so i've written one about noah's ark it's called noah and the ark of life Fantastic. Um, and another one uh, for the really young babies or, or young kids called God Made This For Me, okay. uh, which just highlights all the blessings from, you know, the birds and the bees and the trees and, the, and, and our hearts and our minds, everything that, you know, we may take for granted every day. That these are all gifts from God. So, well, don't stop. Keep going. We can't stop. Uh, amen. Amen. Looking forward to seeing more of your work, and um, I hope, uh, yeah, in this time, you know, to see, yeah, more of your your skills and talents used now for the glory of God and um, and bringing people back to Him. And if, if can I give you as we close here, this sort of almost like the final word here. I, I'd love to see if you could, if there's something you could say to the 91 percent <laughs> who are not coming to church, who are not anti-Catholic, that but where you were. Um, we all were there. Um, what would you say to that person? They may come to church just at Christmas and Easter. Um, some may have stopped going altogether, not out of any sort of reason other than just they got busy. Life got busy. Um, why? Why did they need to have God in their lives? Why, why is the faith important uh, to them? And can you well, final message from you? Well, I feel like once they open up their hearts and actually begin a relationship with God, with Christ, life is different. Life is better. Life is so much better. You, I, I mean, every, the way you look at everything changes. The way you appreciate the simple things in life changes. And There, there's actually, you know, we are spiritual beings. And I feel like when you're Catholic, like we talk about the casual Catholics, when you don't have that relationship and you're not going to mass and maybe you're not praying daily, you're, you're, not, full, you're not living up to your full potential. You know, we are spiritual beings. You need to exercise that spiritual part of your life. And when you do, you and every single other person around you will benefit from it. I promise you. Wow. I promise you. Amen, I can attest to that. Yeah. Amen. Well, and I think most people that live that life will tell you the same thing. And it's not a coincidence. We're not being 
uh, you know, the church isn't paying us. We're not on the <laughs> payroll to go uh, say these things. So, you know, if you if you are having those doubts and uh, and you think to yourself, oh, I don't want to give up an hour of my thing. I don't want to give up 10 minutes of my day, 15 minutes yeah. to pray the rosary or whatever. Just start it and you'll see the, the, the mm. fruits come from that. I'm, I'm, I can guarantee it. It's a beautiful thing. It's, you know, God should be first in everything you do, in everything you do. And I feel like we have so many people that have so many talents and, um, uh, and so many skills uh, that they can put that towards um, to win. I mean, it, you know, I know we're talking about exercising their faith, but I think so many people can put their skills towards creating something or yes. when it comes to the faith, people probably don't know that they do have that capabilities or that potential, but it's, um, we need more people out there doing this. Amen. Praise God. Well said. Thanks for having Thank me. you for coming on. Oh, bless you, brother. And keep doing the work you're doing. Thank you. You're doing amazing work. I'm, I pray for you always. Yeah, thank you. Always. Appreciate it. And I hope uh, we can do more together. We'll see what, what the Lord has for us. And let's keep going and um, and see what, what impact we can have through the grace of God. So, Amen. Amen. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Don't forget, so J is for Jesus and the Messiah's donkey now available at perusiamedia.com. Uh, there they are. Please, every family needs to get one, one of each, and, uh, and, and do yourself a favor. Pray for this man. Subscribe to all the social media platforms and, and support and get behind it. Again, like everything else, this is another Perusia podcast. Uh, subscribe, click the bell, share this among um, your family and friends, those in the podcast world. Yeah, if you can, if you share these as well, we want to make sure we reach as many people as possible. So thanks again for joining us. I'm Shabar Ratios. Until next time, God bless.